than we had a year ago. A lot more young people. A lot more stuff going on. And, you know, looking around the church, we've, we've painted, we've done different things. But, you know, we need to take care of things better than what we have. And I know it can get, especially on Wednesday nights, it can get just chaotic sometimes. And I'm not getting on to anybody. I just want to encourage us. Let's say it that way. Encourage us to uh, police things a little better. If you see something, you know, we, we added the uh, classroom back there in that back nursery room. And it's a classroom. It's not a playroom for older children. Um, and so, you know, this, the rule or rule, the way we've always looked at it, if you're five or older, then you don't need to be in the nursery. You're too old for the nursery. But that classroom back here is for five to seven-year-olds on Sundays and Wednesdays. Not a place where everybody goes and eats because the carpet's getting pretty messed up. Um, not where we can go jump around on bean bags and stuff like that. So I'm just asking that we take better care of things that we have. We want to grow. I want to see every seat in here full. I want us to see add more seats. I want us to be to the point financially that, you know, we're going to add on and we're going to have more room for more people. That's, that's our heart's desire. And not so Victor Fellowship can have a big name, but that the Word of God we know is being spread forth and going forth. And, 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 you know, what God's called us here to do is actually working because we're working. But, so, your children, if you've got children that age, encourage them. Hey, unless you're in class... Stay out of the room. Don't be running in and out. It's just causing a bunch of chaos and, and havoc. And, you know, be more. And it's like I've told some of them. If we're only here for an hour on Wednesday, I know that at school that they do not just tear stuff up for an hour straight. There's no way. And, and so, you know, I ask them, and it's like, well, no. I was like, all right, then. then and I'm not calling anybody out. I just want... You know, we see stuff, and I've said things, and so I just felt like I don't want to be that mean guy, but somebody's got to be, don't they? <laughs> so anyway, as your pastor, I'm asking that you look at these things and you say, hey, let's not go in there. You see them in there. Let's, hey, let's, let's stay out. Let's, let's go somewhere else. And hopefully one day we'll have a place where they can go play, you know, something. But church, we know, is a place where we come and we can can have a good time, but we come and meet and we come to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, don't we? You know, and I was telling I was telling Gabby or somebody, I said, I guess I could just be mean and go back to the old days. All the children sit out here during church. And then they wouldn't have children's church. It's the way it used to be. And all the kids are, I don't want to do that. We don't want to do that, then let's take care and when children when you're back there, listen to your teachers, okay? Listen. Because they're teaching you something important. Because they don't last to you 12. And then after 12, we do encourage everybody to stay out here. And, uh, and join adult class. And, and learn, learn deeper things of the Word of God. So, so anyway, everybody, y'all still love me? Okay, good, good. Thank y'all. Well, let's receive our offering. Amen. Amen. Receive our offering. And, you know... Being at church every day or any time we get to meet is, is special. But getting to start out the year at church 
and in the presence of each other and join together and, and in the presence of our Lord and Savior, it just should just make it that much more special. Um, but uh, we get another chance to be obedient to the Word of God, give into His kingdom, give into the work of the ministry. And it's what we do. You're not giving to me. You're not giving to Victor Fellowship. You're giving unto God, right? So that's what we're doing this morning. As we pray, we want to pray for Pat Foster, her nephew, out in Arizona. Bobby was shot, right? He got, he got shot. And so she said the bullet's still in his intestine. And, and so we need to remember Bobby out in Arizona. And then Brent Barber's brother, Elvis, he told me this morning, was not, not doing good, not feeling good. So lift them up in prayer this morning. Um, and, and, of course, as we pray, you pray for a special blessing today on the Dixon family. All right, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, amen. Yeah. Amen. God is still at work. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, all right. Well, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this day and this time together, God, that we can come and join and, and bring in this new year the right way and, and worship and praise you, Father, and, and just give back to you because we could never give back enough and you don't expect us to, but we, we, we want to give back. We want to do because of what you've done for us. Now, Father, we bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Miss Pat, her nephew Bobby out in Arizona, God, in this, this, situation where he got shot that you touch in that whole thing you you touch the body touch where that bullet is father whatever's going on in him father he looks to you he turns his life to you father and gets out of the situation that he's in father and you touch and heal and god he can give you all the glory and honor and praise for what thing what is done in his life we lift uh, elvis up to you right now father brent's brother that you continue to touch him be with him this morning, God. Bring health and healing to him. And God, we just thank you for it, Father. As we go on in the service, I ask that you help us just come together and, Father, draw close to you that we open our minds and hearts to receive what you have this morning. We, we get all those other things out of the way that would hinder us. And, and God, we just have a spirit of just, of wanting to learn and wanting to grow deeper and grow closer to you this morning. We thank you for it, Father. God, you just, um, you're with the tithes and offerings this morning. God, that you bless and you touch and, and you, just, you just move on people in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning. Mercy, right? We're worthy. Worthy to receive that mercy because He's made us worthy. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. Anything else this morning? Well, then y'all can go to children's church, you well-behaved children. <laughs> Amen. All right. We, the rest of you, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Chapter 3 this morning. I want to say, I don't see my wife out here. I don't, she's probably back there with our grandson Tanner. So, um, But 
you know, it's been a year, a year, one year complete down that God's led us into this this area in our life and, and this 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 stays to where we're pastor and you know it's been a year since daddy's not been pastor so i mean you know a year of transition and it's been great i mean it's been i'd say easy don't get me wrong it's been easy but there have been times of doubt there has been times of you know why you know and you know there's been times of I don't know how to put it, but just different things in my own life. You know, and I know this is what God's called. I know this is what He set down. But still, Satan wants to bring doubt and unbelief into those things. He wants to bring other things in to discourage what God has set down. And not only in my life, but, you know, also in Gabby. She's had to transition, to, and as she has all year, and done a great job. I couldn't do it without her. Wouldn't want to. And to be in a pastor's wife. And, you know, I said a few months ago, I heard somebody say pastor and refer to me as that or reverend. That's what I saw. This was back at the thanks when I was asked to preach at the Thanksgiving service. And there was a little postcard coming in the post office box that says Reverend Mark Carroll. And I was like, oh, hang on a second. Let's pack that away for a while, reverend. But, and I've told all of you, I did not take this for a title. I did not do this because I was obligated. I did this because it's what God called us to do. And, you know, just as any area that we step into, as you're going through in your life, as you have already, it takes time to grow into it. It takes time to, to, to know what to do and how to do and what to say and, and when to say it. And, and it just takes the leadership of the Holy Spirit and you let Him lead and guide in your life. And it's no different for me than it is for Daddy stepping out of that role, Daddy and Mama, being in that role as pastor, and now they're having to step out of that. And everybody still calls him pastor. And don't bother me a bit. They'll call him pastor and me Mark. I don't care who I am. And he'll always be Pastor Carol. And if you want to call me Mark, and that's it, you ain't going to hurt my feelings, none. I promise. And, and so, you know, I just want to thank you all for being, and I've said this throughout the year, and I'll keep saying it, for being who you are and making this easy and doing those things where you come in and just stepped in and, and wanted to work, wanted to do, wanted to... Um, just just flow with the ministry of God, with, with the Spirit of God. And and I look around and there's several that was not coming at this time last year that are coming now. And, you know, and it's just a blessing and an honor and a humbling experience that you have decided to to do this and to make this your home and, and to let God work and move in your life. And my prayer as it is every day is that we keep growing deeper. We keep growing in our relationship with Him. And I've seen it in numerous people's lives throughout this past year, in just a year, of how they let God work and move in their life, in your life. And you decided, I'm going to take that extra step. I'm going to, I'm going to determine to grow in my relationship with Jesus, and that's what you've done. And I, in my prayer is every day, every time we come in here, that the Holy Spirit move, that He lead, guides, and directs my life, and that He does the same with you, and that when you leave here, you're different than once you come in in a better way. And it's not because of Mark Carroll, it's because you was obedient to Jesus and what He's called you to do. 
You came this morning because not because it's Sunday, but because this is where we need to be. This is where you need to be. It's not by chance. It's not by, well, it's Sunday. I'll just go to church. No, there's something that drawn drawn you here this morning and you're here. And so take take that opportunity and take hold of that and and hold on to that and say, God, what do you have for me today? What would you have for me today that I can go out and spread your word as you've to where I can go out and do what you have led me to do and be the man and woman of God that you've called me to be? And that's not just for adults. That's for teenagers in here also. It's for you also. So when you go back to school next week or whenever Tuesday, that you can be a different person than you was before you went out for Christmas break. That you can be the child of God that you're supposed to be and lead others to Him. And so it's not just for adults. It's for all ages. All of us. He's called all of us into His kingdom. It's just who He wants us to be willing, ready, and able to do what He's called us to do. And we're only going to do that when we come here and join together and learn from God's Word. And when you pick up this every day, and you read it, and you read it more, and you understand it more, and you say, God, Holy Spirit, open my eyes, show me things. Do this in my life so I can go out and be who I'm supposed to be. And that's why we're here. That's why I'm up here preaching. I'm not just up here to hear myself talk, I promise. I don't have to do that. I'm up here because God's called me to speak the word that He has for you to listen and understand and you grow deeper in your walk with Christ. That's why we're here. Amen? Amen. All right. Philippians chapter 3. I'm not, I've never been, and I don't know how many, how many made New Year's resolutions? One, one person. You did. You did. So, to fish more. <laughs> well, you had, you was doing that before the new year, so I think you're good. I'm, I'm glad to see there wasn't a hand raised that there was no New Year's resolutions made. And because we all know that resolutions are broken really easily, right? And I'm not, we're not preaching today on resolutions. We're not preaching today on, on you need to do this, that, and the other. I promise that last week and this week coming up, that gym memberships will increase uh, 300%, I'm sure, for the next two months, and then they'll dwindle back down. And I've said for the past while that the one up there in Hartsville has been taking my money for several years now. I just keep giving to them. I'm, I'm sowing into that ministry they have up there. That's what I'm doing. I wish I could write it off my taxes, but they won't let me. But, you know, resolutions we know are, are, are broken because it's something, oh, I need to get better at this. Mine every year that I want to do better at, there's two areas, main areas of my personal life. And that is to quit procrastinating every day, every week, and, and to uh, be more organized. And I'll start first of the year. I'll I'll start putting things in my calendar, my phone. I'll get me a a thing to write stuff down in on different days. And then as the months goes on, if I don't watch it, I'll slack off. And then I'll quit doing that. And I'll quit being as organized. And Gabby, the other day, last night, we was driving. And I said, I need you to help remind me of these things. She said, well, put it in your phone and your reminders. I said, that's great. This is great. This has reminders. It tells me when I need to do things. It'll pop up, call this person. I said, but i got to put it in there. It doesn't know unless I type it in. 
I said, so that's the issue. Remembering to type it in there so it can remember to remind me is the problem. So, you know, that, that's my thing every year. It's not, oh, of course, everybody's be, be more active, get in shape, lose weight, do all this kind of stuff. And that's great. And we all need to be better in our lives at doing those things and, and being more disciplined. But that's what it's going to take is discipline. For me to be more organized, for me to be more not procrastinate, I'm going to have to discipline myself every day and not slack off in it. For us to, you know, know the Word of God more, we've got to discipline ourselves to read the Word of God. Because we know our flesh does not want to read the Word of God. Our flesh wants to play on our phone, watch TV, do all these other things. Besides, read the Word of God. And we know that because Paul tells us plainly, the Spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh against the Spirit. So they're contrary one to the other. And so that happens in my life. That happens in every Christian's life. It does not change. But we can get through it. Because he said through Jesus he made a way of escape, didn't he? Through all those things he's made a way to we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And know that we can dive into the Word of God and get into these areas in our life to where we need change. And not change them ourselves, but God Himself helping us change those areas in our life. It's like quitting smoking, quitting, you know, gluttony, all that kind of thing. You try to do it yourself, it doesn't work, does it? But when you get God involved, it's still going to be hard physically. But He's going to make it to where He can help you do those things. And you can out of, get out of those areas of your life that you are striving to get out of. But it's going to take discipline. But I want to preach this morning. And the title is Pressing On. Pressing On. Because as we've come out of a year and into a new year, you know, we can say, well, last year was just like the others. And there's different things that's happened in different people's lives. We can say, no, my life changed dramatically from last year. And I want it, to, you know, in a bad way. And I need to change it to a good way in this year. Well, if we don't watch it, we'll wait till January 1st of that next year. To even start doing anything about it. You know, this past week, I thought, of why, you know, I need to start reading. You know, I want to start reading through the Bible again. Well, I'll start January 1st, and I was hunting. This was before Christmas. And I'm just sitting out there in my ground blind. And I said, well, I'll start that. Let me start this plan, and I'll start it January 1st. And felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, well, why do you got to wait till the first of the year? Why can't you start it now? And it's the same thing in our own life. If we wait till the first year to start it, we know that tomorrow's not promised to us, so we may never get to start what we need to start. We may never get to do what we need to do because we're going to wait. We're going to wait. You know, a diet's always, well, I'll start it tomorrow. I messed up today, so I can start it tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes because we keep putting things there in our way. But Paul, in, in Philippians chapter 3, and he's talking about being perfected. To where he wants to be in Christ, being in heaven. And he, and he says in, in verse 12 of chapter 3. He says, not that I have already obtained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He says, I, I, I know I'm not there. I know I'm not there in my life. And all these things we read about Paul he should have been there. He should have been to where he needed to be, but he knew his struggles. He knew his pains. He knew his, his, his things that held him back just like we all do. So he knew he was not there where he needed to be perfected. Bill this morning is perfected, right? His body, that spirit is perfected this morning. There's no limp. There's no nothing. There's no heart of hearing. There's no anything. 
He's perfected this morning. We're going to be perfected one day when we leave this world that's ruled by Satan. We're going to leave those things and we're going to be perfected in our life. If your life's right with Christ. That's the only way you're going to be perfected. You're not going to be perfected just because you leave this world. You could leave this world and burn in hell for eternity and you'll never be perfect. So we need to make that commitment today that we're not going to leave the way we came. We're going to leave knowing that Jesus is Lord of our life. And so he says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Laid hold of me. Christ Jesus himself just, he pretty much, he laid hold of Paul, didn't he? He grabbed him and laid hold to him. He did the same thing in your life. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He laid hold of you. He didn't kindly just pat you on the back. You know, as you see basketball players, hey, good job. Good job. He didn't do that. No, He laid hold of you. He called you into His family. You were His. You're no longer your own. You're His. So He laid hold of you just as much as He did Paul. If you've been saved this morning, you've truly given your life, Christ, you had a moment on the road to Damascus just like Paul did. There wasn't a light that went around me. I don't remember that when I was five years old and on the back porch of of our house in North Carolina. And I remember giving my life to Christ. And I still remember that. He said, well, you're young. I know what happened then, okay? So you can't take that away from me. Just like I've told these young ones that have given their life to Christ this past year, nobody can take that away from you. What you're doing right here is eternal. And nobody can change that. So don't let anybody say that you were too young. You didn't know what you were doing. Because it says each one comes to his own at his own appointed time, right? And then so, you know, when I, when there was nothing like a big epiphany. No, just, ah, angels shouting all around that I saw. Nothing like that. But it was a road to the massive experience. Did I live, have I lived perfect for the last 37 years? No. But I know Jesus has been Lord of my life. But there have been times in my life where I've tried to walk away. And then I've had to come back to that experience again in my life and say, God, I need you. I need you to come back in. I need these things gone in my life and give my life back to Him as it's supposed to be. So those things happen. We walk through those things in our life. And and we have those areas where we need to get rid of and let God work and move in our life as He needs to because He has laid hold of us. He's laid hold of us. He says, therefore, let us as many are... Excuse me. Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. Those things. Those areas where you've been. The things you're walking through right now. If you're walking through something, if you're in a forest lost, and you know that something behind you, guess what? What area you've just walked through, guess what? It's behind you. And you're walking forward. If you're walking through troubles and strife and pain this morning, guess what? You're walking away from it. That means it's behind you. You're not walking to the trouble. You're not walking to the pain. It's behind you. Sure, we know it's back there. Sure, we can turn and look at it. Sure, it's like a scar. Everybody's got scars, physical scars. They don't hurt anymore. But we look at it and we're like, yeah, I remember when that happened. That hurt. That hurt. But it's calloused over and it doesn't hurt us physically anymore. We think of those things. We know what happened. We know the hurt and the pain and the and the struggle that we went through when that thing happened, but yet... It doesn't hurt anymore. 
But we let the things in our life that happen to us emotionally, spiritually, different things. We let those things just grab hold of us and keep hurting us emotionally. To where emotionally enough we get that confused with what God wants to do in the spirit realm. And we, and we won't let God work in our life because of our emotional scars and pains. And we won't get over it. It's behind us. Those things are behind you this morning. Look forward. We know they're there. We don't quit praying for them. We don't quit, you know, asking God to take those things away that we don't think about them. But guess what? You're always going to think about it just like at skull. It's going to be right there. But you don't have to let it just rule your mind this morning. You don't have to let it just stay there constantly to where you can't see anything else but that. Because he says, look at those things that are behind. And forgetting those things, he says, not just don't look at them, he says, forgetting them and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. How do we reach forward to those things that are ahead? We keep looking. We talked about it the past few weeks. About focusing on Jesus, didn't we? Celebrating Jesus, that's how we look forward to those things. We hold fast, as in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 says, we hold fast to that profession of faith. He says, let us hold fast to our confession of hope without wavering. Without wavering, for he who promised his faith, we read that several weeks ago, a couple months, something like that. We read that verse, we're talking about how our God is faithful. But we hold fast. We hold on. We hold true without wavering to the promises of God. We, those things which are behind, which hurt, which people said are painful, and, and you know, Satan wants to bring those things in our mind all the time, what somebody's done or said to us, or how they acted, all these things, they hurt. They do. It's if anybody ever, you ever tell your children, or you've been told that the old saying, sticks and stones don't break my bones, but words will never hurt me, they're lying. Words hurt. And they hurt for years. And people let them hurt for years because they won't forgive. Because they won't let those things go in their life. They won't forgive others for what they said. Because they want to hold on to that. That way they feel like they have something over them every time they come around. An excuse not to talk to them. An excuse not to make up and make amends and do those things. And the next thing you know, that person's gone and you can't. And then you live with the guilt of not being able to, to say, I'm sorry, forgive me for this. You live with that. So why wait? Why hold on to those things? Why let go of those things which are holding us back and reach for the things which are forward? Reach ahead as we go into this year. Why why keep looking back at what hurts you in 2022? Look forward to the things that are in 2023 and what God has for you. So I don't know. What does the sign say? Did anybody read it when they come in? If you're coming in from this way, it says trust. Mama, you put it up there. Trust and un. what did you say? So I can get it right. <laughs> Let me paraphrase. <clears throat> she forgot. <laughs> right. So it's talking about putting your trust. You we can't see the future. Trust an unknowing future to a knowing God. Right? Does that sound right? Say I got it right. So I did read what you put up one time in my life. I actually listened to you. So trust what we can't see. What's that called? Faith. Right? 
We can't see what's out there. We don't know what, where the Spirit of God is leading us. And it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be just great. We're not going to tiptoe through everything. It's going to be hard and difficult and painful at times. But we know God's with us and that's where the Holy Spirit's leading us. Just as the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, didn't He? He led Him there to be tempted for 40 days. Led Him there through temptation. But Jesus come out of it because He knew who He was. So you know who you are. You're going to come out of it because Jesus is right there with you. The Holy Spirit is there leading and guiding you. Let's read on. I press toward the goal, the prize for the upward call that of God in Christ Jesus. So we know we're pressing toward, toward Jesus, toward heaven. Our goal in this life, in this Christian life, is to leave this world. And, and when we leave here, we're going to go to heaven. But that should not be our only goal. Our goal should be as we're going to there, we're bringing as many people as we can with us. We're not leaving anybody behind. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they smell like, what they act like, what whatever, that we're bringing them with us. Because that's what He's called us to do. So we press on this year. We keep going. If, if you've been pressing and, and pressing and, and things keep happening in your life and you think there's keep, just blockages going on throughout this last year, things in your life that need to change, guess what? Get on your knees and change them. Amen. Ask God to help you. Show you where you need to change in your life. It may not be everybody else. It may be you. We can't get out of our own way because we see everybody else's problems. And we want to change them and not fix ourselves. But we need to work on ourselves before we help everybody else. We need to fix ourselves and our things that's going on in our life. And know that as we're walking through those things that God's helping us. There's a song. And everybody knows Toby Mac, and I'm sure you've heard this song. That's talking about keep walking, moving on. And there, you know, I, was, I listen to that a lot. But I remember the old country song from years ago that said, you know, it's talking about going through hell. If you're going through hell, keep on moving. That's great, good line. It says, "Don't slow down. If you're scared, don't show it." That's awesome. That's that's as a country song. I mean, that's. Hey, you're going through hell in your life. Keep going. Don't sit down. Keep going. But the last little stanza of this chorus says, because you might get out for the devil even knows you're there. Well, that ain't true. That's where he got lost in his, in his words for his music. Because the devil knows you're there. The devil wants you there. The devil helped put you there with everything going on in your life and in front of you. So he wants you to be there in hell in your life every day, no matter what, in your mind, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, he wants you to live in hell every day. Why? Because that's where he is. And he knows that you have something deeper in your life called Jesus and you made him Lord of your life. At some point in time, you made him Lord of your life, but you still let hell just overtake where Jesus is at. You still let those bad things in your life overtake what God has done for you. And you can't see what God's done for you because guess what? The devil knows you're there. The, the song by Toby Mac, he just says, he says, I know your heart's been broke again. We've all had heart broken, right? Some of you may be going through it right now. I know your prayers, our prayers hadn't been answered yet. I know you're feeling like you've got nothing left. He says, well, lift your head. Lift your head. He says, it ain't over. He says, keep walking, soldier, keep moving on. Keep moving on. What? Don't stop, don't slow down. 
If we're going to press on with something and we're pressing on and we're moving onward, then we're walking through it and we're walking on. And, and so as we press on, then, then we can, we can see God work in our life. It reminded me when I was studying for this of, of, uh, the woman with issue of blood in Mark. She had to press in before she could press on. Right? She had, she had tried, tried things in her life. All of it. Tried doctors and different medicines, but couldn't get that issue taken care of. But, as anything in our life, and we talk about it here a lot, for us to do something requires action. For us to speak something in our life, and we're speaking things, it requires action. I could, I, there was, it would do you no good if I stood up here and just looked. Anybody read my thoughts? Y'all know what I'm going to say next? No. There's no action being done, right? Nothing. When you're sitting there and your mind's just going different, different directions, and there's, there's all kinds of thoughts, but yet you speak doubt and unbelief, guess what you're doing? You're, you're speaking action. In a negative way. When we speak faith, we're speaking action. We speak the Word of God, we're acting on the Word of God, just like she did in the book of Mark. In Mark chapter 5, in verse 28. She said, If I may only touch His clothes. She said. She didn't think it. She didn't hope it. That it would come to pass, she said, she spoke faith out of her mouth. She spoke those things. She made what she wanted into action and stopped looking at everything else around her and said, I need Jesus. There he is. And, and she had to, and it doesn't say it here, but she had to press in because the multitude was around Jesus. And I'm sure it was this way. Just like you see, we see on TV a movie star come about. And people can't get around them or close to them. And I'm sure the disciples were trying to play bodyguards and, and you know, keep people from just being right on Jesus. But she pressed in, didn't she? She didn't let what was around her keep her from what she needed to do. But she said, I pressed in. She said, I may, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Not if I, if I touch his clothes, maybe. I'm going to come to the altar and pray this morning, and hopefully God will heal my body. Hopefully when I pray today that He'll change the circumstance in my life. I'm not going to change anything about me. I'm not going to press in or press on, but I'm just, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just hopefully that He'll do that. She didn't say that, did she? She said full confidence. I shall be made whole. Shall be made whole. He said immediately her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. I love this. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone unto him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Who touched me? Everybody else was wanting to touch from Jesus. We all want a touch from Jesus, don't we? We want Jesus to touch us in our life. We want Him to do these things for us in our life. We want Him to be there for us when we call on Him and He is. We want Him to touch us. But what did she do? She touched him, didn't she? That stopped Jesus. Somebody touched me. Somebody with enough faith to not worry about what was around or what was going on touched me. 
You have that same person, that, that same ability this morning. You, you get into the point in your life to where, hey, I don't care what's going on. I don't care who in my house is not living right. I don't care if it's my husband or my wife or my children. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the doctor says, what anybody else says, and I'm going to live by faith, and I'm going to touch Jesus. So how can we touch Jesus? By doing what the Word of God says. And He says, hey, this child of mine needs touched, needs healed. They're doing what I told them to do and I'm going to show up in their life because they're obedient to me. And that's what she was doing. She was being obedient. And she touched Him. She touched Jesus. Jesus didn't touch her. Jesus never laid a hand on her, did He? Jesus never done anything. But her faith is what made her whole, as we'll read in just a second. But we all know, but His disciples said to Him, You see the multitude thronging, thronging you and you say, Who touched me? And He looked around and saw her who had done this. And that, that can go into a lot of things. She was supposed to walk around unclean. She was a woman like that doing those things. It was not, it was not right. There was a lot of areas. And we're not going to get in that this morning. He said, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth, the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith. Why was her faith made her whole? Because she spoke it before it ever happened. She didn't wait until it happened. She said, oh, thank God. Thank God. I wasn't even praying for this. And those times may happen in your life. But unless you speak those things and stand in faith without wavering, just like we read in Hebrews, then, then we're not going to see the results that we truly want in our life because we're holding on to things and we're not pressing in and pressing on. Just like blind Bartimaeus. We can't call him blind anymore because he's not blind, was he? Jesus did touch him, but it was faith also because he kept pressing in. Because he knew if he didn't press in and keep going and, and holler louder, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, then he couldn't, he could not keep pressing on. We don't know where this woman was in her life. This could have been her last, her last area that she wanted to try. She, who knows? And I'm sure it was. We, you know, we see people every day that, that are going through things. You say, oh, you'll get over it. You're good over it, but you don't know where they're at. You don't know where they're at mentally, spiritually. And the next thing we know, something happens to them, right? They do something awful to themselves because they don't want to live with the pain anymore. Instead of giving it to Jesus and crying out to Him, they, they don't get to that point where they look to Him. They look to other things to help them out of this world and forget the reality of what's going on in their life. But blind Bartimaeus came. And in Mark chapter 10, just a few pages over, in verse 46. It says, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat on the road begging. And when he heard, he heard Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming. He couldn't see Him, of course, but he heard that Jesus was coming. That's how ready we should be every day when we get up. We know Jesus is there. We want Him to show up in our life. We want to hear Him coming. We want to hear those things in our life. We should be ready to come to church because we know Jesus is going to be there. We're going to hear about Jesus today. We're going to hear about God and what He's done for us and what He can do for us when I line my life up right with Him. And He said, and He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth men to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. The many warned him. They told him to shut up. Hey, be quiet. Oh, beggar. 
Oh, blind beggar, nobody cares. You stink. You're awful. Nobody wants you around here. All you're doing is begging all the time. You want money every time you call. Everybody have, anybody have those people? You get pastor, you'll have those people that call. I promise. Hey, man, you know, this, this, and it. And, it, and you want to help everybody. You do. And then there's times you're like, ah, this person again. None of y'all are that way, I promise. Let me just say that. This is stuff Daddy told me. He had people like that. I don't. I'm joking. But there's people out there, you see them, you're like, oh, what do they want now? Oh, they just only show up when food gets here. You know, only show up on dinners on Sundays. We've all, we've all made that, that judgment about people. I've been guilty of it. But, so they was telling him to shut up, go away. You know, there's nothing that he, he don't want to see you. But he said they warned him to be quiet and crowd out the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't let the people around him discourage him from what he needed to do and what he knew the Lord and Savior could do in his life. He didn't let all the other voices in his head that we let come in tell him to be quiet. And he was quiet and discouraged him, did he? He said, no. He said, I'm going to shout louder. I'm going to shout louder. So through your pain and your struggles today, if you don't shout louder, then the pain and the struggles are going to get louder than your shout. Right? They're going to get louder than that. And then that's all you're going to see is those. And you're not going to see Jesus through any of it. You're not going to know that the Son of God is there in your life. He's in your midst. He wants you to shout through it. He wants you to give Him praise through the pain, through the struggle, through the trial. And no matter how hard it gets, no matter if you can't just blurt out just Jesus. And that's all you can do for a minute until it gets louder and louder. And you say, Jesus! Son of David! Have mercy on me again. And then it's louder than everything else around. We said this, you know, just a couple months ago where it just, that's just weird. I can't see myself doing it when you can't see yourself getting healed. You can't see yourself getting through the problems in your life because you can't see yourself doing what God's called us to do. And that's praise Him no matter what's going on around us. So, let's, let's get our mind and our eyes set on Him where we look toward that prize. And so He shouted louder, so Jesus, I love this, I read this again this morning, it makes me stop every time. Jesus stood still. He just made this man just the same as any of us. Flesh and blood had problems in his life because he didn't shut up. Because he pressed on and pressed in, Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. Jesus will stand still for you when you get bold like blind Bartimaeus did. He'll stand still for you. He's not just up there all, you know, y'all just go on. Y'all just go on. He stood still because of His faith. That should excite you this morning that the same Son of God that was on this earth is the same Son of God that I serve and the one that can stand still for this man because he had enough faith in him to say, God, hey, I need you right now. It's the same one that we can have this morning. And we can have that faith and that boldness to say those same things. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And we know they called him... And, and he said, be a good cheer. He's calling you. He's calling you. As we go into this year, 
Jesus is calling each and every one of us, whether you've made Jesus. If you're a child of God, He's calling you to get into that extra, extra step with Him. Go deeper with Him in your relationship. Stop worrying about all these other things that's happened in your life and leave those things behind and press on toward Him. Looking forward toward Him. Don't let what's in the past keep you from receiving what God has for you. If you've not made Jesus Lord of your life this morning, then today's the day of salvation, isn't it? You can start this year off knowing that when I leave this world, I'm going to be in heaven with Him. And, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Just like blind Bartimaeus, if he had stopped, he wouldn't have been healed. We wouldn't have read about him. He wouldn't have been somebody in the Bible that, that Jesus pointed out that the, all, every, every gospel wanted, wanted everybody to know about Jesus done for him. Because he said, all right, I'll be quiet. I'm just an old beggar. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I'm only human. I'm just all these things. I'm all what the world told me I am. And that's all I'll ever be. If that's your mindset today, you need to change it. And the only one that can change it is Jesus. Make Jesus stand still. Make Him look to you because you're looking at Him. And so He asked Him, what do you want me to do for you? And He says, Rabboni, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. To Jesus, he didn't, he didn't play around. He said, go your way. Your faith. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. Don't let what we can see just right out of our own eyes cloud what God wants to do for you the rest of your life. As we go on through tomorrow, January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, all the way through this year. Make it. Make sure that it's better and different than it was last year. You that have started out, and there's several that, that have, and like I said, come to church, and you're starting out different than you did last year. You're starting out at a different place in a whole new year. You've got another day to praise God. You have another day to give your life completely and fully to God every day, and it takes every day to do that. I could get up tomorrow and say, God, I'm, I'm done. You all could. Would all be wrong. We'd all, we'd all suffer for that. But we have a choice every day. And the choice needs to be that Jesus is first in our life. Amen. No matter what's going on, that Jesus is first. And nothing can cloud that judgment in our life. Nothing at all. Amen. Y'all stand this morning. I said earlier... That today is the day of salvation. Don't leave another another service, just another Sunday morning, just another day, and not know that Jesus is not Lord of your life. Don't do it. Because as we know, we found out even, even more personal this week, tomorrow is not promised to us. Our next breath is not promised to us. So, <laughs> if you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life today, is the day you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. And what better day than you could always say on January 1st, 2023, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Or on January 1st, 2023, I came back in that right relationship and right standing with Him. I didn't, I didn't let the crowds around me or the thoughts around me keep me from being who God wants me to be. And we're going to take communion this morning. And I invite everybody to take communion here in just a little bit. But before you can take communion, you cannot take communion unless you're in right standing with Him. Amen. And the, the Corinthians, Paul talks about woe to those that, that would. 
Because this is not what we're doing this morning, not just religious ceremony. It's, it's something that's sacred unto God. It's what Jesus done with his disciples right before he went and, be, and died for us on that cross. And so, if you're here and you need to pray, and we'll pray with you and pray for you, that you know your life right with God and you're where you need to be. Amen. So as the music plays, y'all, y'all, let, y'all let the Holy Spirit move and, and search your life this morning.